0: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Well, that won't be me today because I'm obviously in for Chad. So we whenever, whenever I host for Chad and it's on a Tuesday, we have to go to the well of celebrities, uh, guest celebrities to uh, – fill in for ask adam anything and uh that is certainly the case today we welcome back to the WCC radio airways eric eskalo on the john schuster coldwell banker hotline eric how are you sir well how is your distended uvula thank you for asking uh it's a little bit smaller today but it's still irritating for some reason you know i went to the i went to the gym this morning And I found it not entirely, yeah, I'm patting myself on the back. I was benching about 250 this morning. And uh, it was was difficult for me to breathe fully.
2: You know, Dave has got something going in the spring, which I think is going to be great. It's a three-day walk to uh, fight distended (laughs) uvula. Fight it with a checkup and a check. I, I just think Dave is really, it's really amazing what he does for you.
1: I uh I should be the figurehead for that for that movement I think that you know they want us to be out in the community help the community save the uvula save the uvula there you go yeah I love it is this the audience participation station is that why I'm on uh, very much so and this is this is one of the more uh participatory uh, things we do during okay. the week here on CCO was ask Adam anything we get a variety of questions all right, uh, I'm ready first one I got a couple of my own first of all I just wanted to mention though because this briefing is going on with all the state leaders discussing this pending storm. And I've been around for a while. You've been around for a while. I guess I don't recall a time when we've had this level of, I guess, uh, I mean, certainly behind-the-scenes preparation, but out-front kind of preparation for a weather event like this. Does this bring anything to mind to you?
2: Well, on the the funny side, I think it's in state law that you have to – compare any big snowfall to the Halloween blizzard of 91. Correct. I think that, that's a law. Yep. But I, I think in the modern-day communication where uh, you know there could be an email blast about how the governor screwed this up or <laughs> yeah. how MnDOT uh, did, didn't do its job and so get rid of them, I, I think it's incumbent uh, on folks. I think their view is if you're elected office, let's be overprepared, <laughs> if yeah. nothing else.
1: Just so you can do cover your pretty tail.
2: Pretty, to avoid criticism, so I think that's what's going on.
1: Yeah, um, it certainly looks like it's going to be the real deal. So I mean, we, we're all hunkering down and we're all ready for it. And we're again, we'll 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 see if this one lives up to the hype. It certainly seems like it will.
2: Well, I'm in the fetal position in the northwest corner of my basement. So
1: <laughs> that's, that's the perfect spot to be. Um, second question: You worked with a lot of tremendously talented uh, news newspeople uh, during your time at WCCO Radio. Uh, who was the best, and why is it Adam Carter? (laughs)
2: You you did send me a lovely note when I retired, and I want to thank you for that. It Mm -hmm. was very kind, so thanks. Um, You know, it's like asking who's your favorite child. Yeah, right. How about that? Yeah. Uh, Steve Murphy, Bruce Hogovic, uh, 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 gosh, I could go on, Jan Falstead, Stephanie Borden back in 1980 I mean they're they're all great I uh, uh we had a we as you still have we had a, a an incredible newsroom and uh, a lot of veterans who knew the knew the territory very well and and had a good unity of purpose to get stuff on the air and, and get it right and get it fast and but uh you know, I stole every minute I I'm so lucky and grateful that I had the opportunity to work with you and uh the big big shots like uh Cannon and Dark Star and Sid, yep. I mean. We the, used to take, Dark and I used to take you out golfing once in a while.
1: Uh, the, yes, uh, that was always an adventure. Uh, I, I always you were the only guy I ever knew who took public transportation to a private golf course. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's true. I gave up golf about I know. 11 years ago. I like everything about golf except
1: playing it. Yes, I'm about there too, Eric. I, and, and now with my new hours here, it's I should take up the game and really commit to it, but I have no desire to do that. I just, it's so frustrating to me.
2: It is, and it's no, no, nothing worse than, lo- and Chad, of course, is what, single-digit handicap, right? Oh,
1: yeah, yep. He likes to remind I, me of lord- that, too?
2: Does he lord it over you off the air? Or?
1: No, you know, he'll invite me. He's very nice. To, he'll take me out to his uh, wind song uh, out there in the western metro. But then by, you know, like I'll start out with having a couple of decent holes. But by the turn, he's like trying to correct my swing, and that just it, it drives me crazy. And then it's like, you're just screwing me up more, man. Just let me go. Let, let me let me with my crappy swing. Just try to try to finish this out, and we'll go we'll go our separate ways. Um All right. So six five one four six one nine two two six. Your calls and texts for Eric, ask Eric Escal anything. We already got a call. We got a call right away for you, Eric. All uh, right. I'm ready. Jay is on the line. Jay, go ahead with uh, your question for Eric Escala.
2: Hi, good afternoon. Um, I'm wondering what the odds are of the sports betting passing this session or even this year.
1: Oh, there you go. Very, it's well, newsy I, today. I topical. News con-
2: I watched the news conference this morning, and they've got the, each tribe would get a license for sports betting, and then they could develop an app so that through the tribe on the app, you could uh, sports bet. Uh, the tracks, uh, running aces, and Canterbury are left out of this bill uh... democrats uh, uh... are very uh... friendly with the tribes tribes are a big uh... contributor to uh... dfl politics uh... i would think something's gonna pass how it's gonna turn out in the end i don't know but the the two powerful chairs of the uh, house and senate commerce committees are both on the bill and whether they have the votes now i don't know but um uh, I wouldn't expect action on this until April or early May, probably. I think it's got six committees to go through in the House alone. Yeah. But with with the tribes involved and a DFL majority in the legislature and the governor's office, uh, uh, it, it, I think it has a good chance.
1: Jay, thank you for the call. Yeah, we will have our Senator Matt Klein on, who's the Senate author of the bill today. Right. He will be on with us at 235. Um Here's a good question on the text line six five one four six one nine two two six. Eric, what is the most contentious moment uh, between Republican and Democrat analysts on Almanac?
2: The most contentious moment?
1: Yeah, or even the event, not even between analysts. Has there ever been a moment where you were like, "Ooh, this is getting a little hot here on Almanac"? Well, Bushwitz Almanac.
2: and Wellstone in yeah. their first campaign. Oh, yeah where they there's a there's a pretty famous picture of me in in between them that's right and they're and they're leaning over me and they're they're salivating as they talk and they're kind of spitting on me as they talk <laughs> and then I think I diffused it with a, some kind of attempted humor but uh yeah they th- that was a very contentious crazy year for politics and uh uh, there was all kinds of uh, sort of cross currents of stuff going on, and yeah, that that e- easily was the most heated I think we ever got on Almanac. Yeah.
1: Another text question before we go back to the phones. This is this one came in right away. Ask Eric who his favorite wrestler and politician is. For wrestler well, first.
2: Well, Ric Flair. Yeah. Edina's own Richard Flair. Ric Flair. Yep. And he's had some, you know, out-of-the-mat issues over the years, but Mm -hmm. 16-time world champion. Uh, Adam, if you go anywhere in the world to a pro-wrestling match... Nature Boy. Nature Boy, Ric Flair. If you go anywhere in the world to a pro-wrestling match, and one of the combatants uses a knife-edge chop, you will hear the audience go, woo! Woo! And that is what his signature, you know, gimmick was. Woo! And so, yeah, Ric Flair, you know, Minnesota's own... Uh, he's, he, he's visited uh, the station a few times yeah. over the years. Sadly, not when uh, I'm And around. then I think, just to continue with the theme, I think Jesse Ventura is clearly the, my, my favorite governor. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at the inaugural picture that they took at the Governor Walls ceremony, and the men in the uh, picture all got a dark suit and a kind of a, mm-hmm. you know, indifferent tie. You know, for Ventura's inaugural, he had a Jimi Hendrix T-shirt and a yes. brown fringe jacket and <laughs> yes. earring. Yes. And a bandana. Bandana, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think it was very stressful covering Governor Ventura because he could make news on his way to the parking lot. Yes. But, uh, yeah, that was that was really, really fun.
1: Uh, we'll go back to the phone lines. Mike is in Minneapolis. Mike, uh, one of our favorite callers, go ahead with your question for Ask Eric Escala Anything.
2: Hey, Eric. Um, hey, Mike, now with all this news coming out about, you know, like Fox was lo- lying about election fraud and the fake electors plot was uncovered, um, should the MAGA hat be changed to say he who smelt it dealt it? <laughs> um,
1: we love Mike. Yeah,
2: I, I think that'll be up to the that'll be up. It's, it's, we have a capitalistic system, Mike, and it'll be up to the marketplace to decide if people want to buy that. <laughs> But it's a unique, it's a unique, unique turn of phrase, and might be a fresh look at the MAGA hat, and uh, you know, you might have a real winner there. But I think the market will tell.
1: Thank you, Mike. We love your calls. Appreciate six five one four six one nine two two six. Eric, yeah. who or what started your signature neck scarf motif?
2: My mom bought me a collegiate scarf back in high school, and I for Christmas, and I just started wearing it. And I just, I just, it's funny you mention wrestling. I just was looking at a picture I have on my, on my mantle of me uh, talking to Andre the Giant in Duluth yes. in the mid 70s. And there I've got a scarf on. So uh, I've just always worn it. And I, I, I was talking to the producer of Almanac a couple of weeks ago, and he said the first thing you, the only thing you asked in your interview to be on Almanac was, can I wear my scarf? And I had I had not remembered that, but I, I guess kind of a tribute to my mom.
1: I love it. And that's your thing now. And, and How many do you have? Somebody's asking, how many do you have in your collection? Oh, 100 or so. Probably wow. more than 100. Have you gone to the, uh, so do you, well, what about the, uh, the European football scarf? Do you have any of those?
2: I've got Barcelona and I've got the Minnesota Loon. Oh, yeah. Scarf. I have those two.
1: Very nice. Um, yeah. Favorite most memorable news story in your career?
2: Oh gosh! Well, I suppose I suppose not uh, at the Capitol. Probably the bridge
1: collapsed. Yep. huh? That you know that one for me personally. It's like, before you know, before two thousand seven, people would ask me the same question: like, what's the most memorable story? Uh, what's the most significant story you covered? And I'd never really had a an answer. I always said, well, you know, nine eleven was big, but I mean, you know, we weren't obviously in either Washington or New York. So, I mean, obviously there were things going on here, but. But boy, uh, August first, two thousand seven. I now that definitely became the answer, and it is still to this
2: day. Yeah, it was it was amazing, and the aftermath was, uh, you know, what what did we what did we cover that for like a month
1: after it was over
2: with all the repercussions and reaction and everything?
1: Yeah, and just to think about uh, how fast they put that new bridge up. I still just it it was. just remarkable point in history. Amazing uh, times, yeah. Who, if any, politician did you uh, have a more personal, friendly relationship with?
2: Well, I think I had a friendly relationship with most of them. Yeah, you know, it's a, you know, they have their job to do. The reporters have their job to do. I think you 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 do better in a friendly environment. Yep. Uh, you you develop some trust and some credibility with people. If you know, it, it, but that's in, that's just human nature. And in real life, if you're engaging with people and Respectfully listening, listening to them, and uh, you know, having a, a a good give and take. Um, it's like any relationship. Uh, you know, that you're not friends, but you can be friendly. And uh, since since some of them are retired, I, I've I've uh, an occasional lunch with uh, or, or coffee with a, a, a former lawmaker,
3: and mm-hmm.
2: they're v- usually very up on what's going on at the Capitol, and I'm able to kind of steal their best stuff, and and I do that quite a bit.
1: Most memorable interaction with uh, one Sidney Hartman? Is there one that stands out more than others? I mean, obviously there are so many, and that's oh, yeah. such a gift um, to have both of you on the radio at the same time. But is there one that stands out that is more memorable? Well,
2: I, I think I, th- this one is uh, uh, This one's probably pretty obscure to people. But remember his friendship with George Steinbrenner? Yes. And he would always say people don't realize all the good things that George Steinbrenner does for people. Remember him saying that? Yes, of course. One morning at 640, Steinbrenner had bought a, brought a horse to Canterbury to to compete in a, in a big race on a, on a weekend out at Canterbury. And so on the Friday morning 640 a.m. shot, I told Sid that people just don't realize all the good things <laughs> that Steinbrenner's horse does for people. <laughs> <laughs> and he—, he uh, huh? He swore at me under his breath, but you know, many, not many mornings I would uh, he would get on the phone at six forty, and I don't think he was alone.
1: Oh, really?
2: He he still had some moves.
1: Oh, I'm, sure, I'm I know that. I've, I, I don't doubt that at all.
2: Hundred years old. A column in the paper yeah. on the morning he dies.
1: Unbelievable.
2: It, it never, never to be equaled.
1: I, I I was fortunate enough that he liked me. Uh, and, but, uh, the one, of the best moments was Dave Lee. Finally, Dave Lee was gracious enough to extend me, uh, an invite to be on Minnesota Hospital with a couple of lines. So I show up for my first ever Minnesota Hospital, and Sid's already in the back room at the state fair booth, and he looked up at me when I walked in. He said, What the hell are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> he, he always added encouraging words. I knew coworkers. I'd made it. I knew I'd made it at that point. Uh, who do you like in the uh, girls' hockey tournament? You got any favorites? Have you uh, handicapped uh, who's coming in? Both my hometowns. You know, I grew up in South St. Paul. The South St. Paul's in the Class A. And my new hometown of Rosemont, those girls are also there, too. So I got a couple of horses in those races.
2: Well, people that don't know you, that you're off the uh, air activities very well, mm-hmm. will be shocked to know that you designed... The South St. Paul Packer hockey, men's hockey jersey.
1: That's correct, and that's the one. It's not the. It's not their current one. It was back when I was in high school, but that is the one that hangs at XL Energy Center.
2: Right, and it, have you told that story on the air? How that came to be?
1: Uh, uh, I don't think I have.
2: Well, how did, how did you become the designer of the hockey jersey, the sweater? The, I, I'm sorry, get the right wording. It's all right.
1: Uh, I was in. Uh, I was. It was a chemistry class, and I was not. I I wasn't destined for for a career in science, and I was probably neglecting the actual work I should have been doing. And I, with the encouragement of a couple friends of mine who were on the hockey team, they gave me some suggestions of what they'd like their hockey jersey to look like, and I sketched it out on a notebook in chemistry class, that I, a class that I later failed, I think. Wow! Yep, that's so it. strong. Yep, that's it. Nothing too exciting, but uh, that—that's the story.
2: Well, you, you're gonna, you know, as as you look for you know uh, diversions away from radio, I would think the design business beckons.
1: The design business, and of course, leading the uh, the what are we calling it? Uh, the march for uvula. March uvula, for uv, to Uvula. Save the, the uvula distance, to save the distended well, uvula.
2: Fight that with a checkup and a check.
1: That's right. <laughs> the check is more important.
3: That's right. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Are they going to play the girls' t- tournament? You, you said, they you said, said that full, that's what the guy Eric, from the MSHL Eric M- Martin, M- MSHSL
1: said. But. He was on this morning with Vanita saying it's full steamy head. But, boy, I mean, if it's as bad right. as they say it's going to be Wednesday night into Thursday, Ooh, but it's like, wow. what do you do? What? I mean, it's it's the building's full over the next several weeks. Yeah, you
2: know, I suppose it's hard to fit in a, a yeah. replay of it. Some a delay after,
1: I suppose. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. I enjoyed this tremendously, sir. Thank you so much. And uh, best, you know, I I haven't seen you in a while, and you know, the people you mentioned, Bruce and Steve, I would love to get together sometime. And
2: uh, well, uh, give me a call. We'll go have a cup of coffee.
1: I would love it. Thank you, Eric. Right,
2: thanks, thanks, Adam. There he goes. Thanks.
1: Eric Escala, uh, the great Eric Escala on News Talk 830 at WCCO Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You think Eddie uh, uses, these, uh, uses the guitar to – does he have a significant other? I mean, Do you follow Ed Sheeran closely enough to answer that question? We're pretty close. We yeah. haven't talked in a couple Eddie?
3: weeks, but uh, you know, I'll... I could shoot him a text here if you'd like.
1: Uh, so he's got a thing going in Texas. He's got a concert in Texas, which is his excuse for not performing at uh, King Charles's coronation.
3: Oh, married in 2019. Oh, really? Cherry Seaborn.
1: Cherry. Yes. Okay.
3: Like the fruit. There you go.
1: Uh, but Adele, she just said not doing it. No reason given. <laughs> he's give got no excuse. That's kind of surprising to me. With her anyway, yeah. I mean, and I see, you know, if you got a prior commitment, you got a prior commitment. But it's, you know, what I like though, she didn't bother to come up with an excuse. <laughs> I do
3: like that. It's a very Minnesotan thing to, if you don't want to do something, fake it. Either you know, you have a legitimate excuse or not mm-hmm. to make something up. Say, oh, I got the, I got a thing here. I got to do this. No, you don't need to give an excuse if you don't want to go out to dinner or do a work function to say, yep. no, I'm not going to do that. Right.
1: Bravo. Good Adele. for
3: Adele. Good for Adele. Stick it to Charles.
1: Um, so uh, in May, the pandemic emergency, the national pandemic emergency, will come to an end. Should we end the vaccine mandate for health care workers? That is not supposed to end until next year. But considering where we're at in the pandemic, should the vaccine mandate for health care workers... Come to an end. I'll have my answer. I want yours at 651 461 9226. Calls and texts next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better
0: over
1: here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.
0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise
1: with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I think people who've gotten the vaccine are going to... either got it or you don't. I don't think there's much change anymore. I don't think there's somebody who's not vaccinated who's going to say, You know what? I'm going to finally get vaccinated. The reason I bring that up is because it was announced just a couple of weeks ago, President Biden will uh, sunset the uh, national COVID emergency in May. But not included in that was the vaccine mandate for healthcare workers, which lasts until 2024. Other vaccine mandates uh, were struck down by courts or blocked or repealed including for, you know, large employers, military members, federal contractors, but not for healthcare workers. But my my question is this, should healthcare workers be allowed to, if they're not vaccinated be allowed to return to work or go to work? Because either we're dealing with a co, uh, a worker shortage in nursing homes, in hospitals, And if you want people to work there, should you accept people who are not vaccinated? And my point to that is you're either vaccinated or you're not now. I don't think there's going to be a surge of people suddenly getting the shot anymore. The people who did not get it, I don't think are going to get it. And the people who have it obviously have it. They've got the boosters. It's time to move on because I don't think there's – The contention over whether or not somebody is vaccinated needs to end. I think we're at a place with the virus that we can do that. We can move along here and stop virtue uh, virtue signaling one way or the other. Oh, I'm vaccinated. How come you're not? Or I'm not vaccinated. I'm, I'm not a sheep. And that includes healthcare workers. If they're good workers and they're not vaccinated, maybe they should be allowed to return to work. 651-461-9226. I know it seems ridiculous that somebody who works in a healthcare field would not trust the vaccine, follow the science of the vaccine, and have it. I get it, too. But you know what? I'm not trying to change their mind anymore. So maybe they should be allowed to work. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Text coming in already. No, the mandate should not end for healthcare workers. They're working around people who are more compromised. Someone says, "You mean the fake vaccine?" Sure. Why not? Enough people will suffer from it in two to five years. Yeah, the fake vaccine. Thank you, uh, Adam. Anyone working in the healthcare system taking care of patients is, require, is required that they have to um, make sure they don't have tuberculosis. Uh, wait a minute. I'm losing this one now. I think flu shots and covid shots should be mandatory for healthcare workers. We need to stop the covid madness, move on. Dave, um when this when you hear about this and you see that we have shortages for healthcare workers, does that need uh supersede the need to have uh, vax to ensure that the people who are working on compromised people are vaccinated?
3: If you're going to show me that, look, patient A is either going to get somebody that might be <clears throat> unvaccinated or B might not get near the level of care that they deserve and require. Well, then I guess you take the unvaccinated worker possibility and you, yeah. you hope for the best, right? <sighs> There's a large part of me that thinks healthcare workers in particular, it's probably important that they model good health care? Exactly. Well, certainly that. many don't. There are many healthcare workers that smoke. There are many healthcare workers mm-hmm. that overeat or do other unhealthy things. And I, I doubt there's many patients that are gonna, you know, be in the hospital and a nurse walks in and there's, hey, uh by the way, are you a smoker? what's your VAC right. status? Yeah. You know? So but I I think I don't know. I, I'm okay with, with the mandate sticking around till at least twenty twenty four. Mm-hmm. But with that said, I, I do understand the fact that yeah, it's hard to get people right now. Yeah, and nurses are struggling. We just had a strike over it, uh, and you know, nurses are are still, and well, nurses and you know, many other professions within a, within healthcare and within the you know a hospital or clinic environment, still struggling to have the bodies they need. So that's an issue. If you can say, look, we're going to be able to bring this many people back into the
1: workforce just by eliminating it, yeah. then maybe you have to do it. I mean, that, I don't want this to make it sound like I'm s- suggesting that the vaccine is not effective or did not work, and therefore let's just give up. But my point is, I just do not see, and this is early on. I, I mean, I, I, to assume that we're going to convince more and more people to get vaccinated, I just think we're past that point, especially now that thankfully the situation with covid I know people still die from it every day. I know that. I know people still get infected. But we're in a better spot than we were two years ago. And I think I just don't see how we convince more people to get the vaccine. And the the damage done between the people who are getting the vaccine and not and the, the stress and the, the problems that is caused in this country I just see this as an avenue where we can move forward again. But somebody texting in, I'm a doctor. Adam, really? We have to be vaccinated for everything. COVID should not be excluded. Changing the policy now sets a precedent for future virus issues. Well, let's talk about that for a second, about future virus issues. And do you have any hope that what we've gone through over the last three years somehow uh, we've learned lessons where then God forbid we get another virus that, oh yeah, we'll handle this one a lot better. I, I, I have I've I have zero faith in that. I can tell you what Dr. That's what I'm thinking. We'll told talk. Chad yeah. the
3: last two times he's been on. Chad has asked him that very question. How much better prepared are we for the next possible pandemic as we were for COVID nineteen? And the answer's been the same. Chad, we are probably worse off as far as preparation.
1: <laughs> How is that We're possible? certainly not any better. We're probably worse. And why is that? It's because of misinformation. It's because people just don't trust science and they don't trust what they're hearing from doctors. And I get that. And I guess, am I giving up by saying that we should allow unvaccinated people work in the healthcare field Maybe I am, but at the same time, I'm wondering how do we get past this this area we're in where it's just we're pitting c- citizens against each other because of this. That's well, one of the first texts you read there. You know, the
3: two to five years. You know, <laughs> yeah. the vax is going to get you in two to five yeah. years. Wait, who told you that? Exactly. How did they know that something in the future mm-hmm. was going to happen with a vaccine that's new? I mean, just the fact that that is to that texter and thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of others, that's truth. And even that is God's honest truth.
1: That's what we're dealing with. Yeah, that's what we're doing. And that's why there's just a certain amount of people in this country that are absolutely never, ever, ever going to get the COVID vaccine. So be it. So let's move on. Okay. You're not going to get it. Great. But a mandate to... Force those people to get it to work in healthcare. That doesn't mean that a private healthcare company who's hiring people can look at that application and ask that person who's applying, Are you vaccinated for COVID? No, I'm not, and I will refuse to. Okay, maybe we don't hire you then. Or maybe you're not going to work in this particular area. But we need a, and they can continue to do that. But do we need a, a government mandate? to force that to happen, where in other areas, maybe um, with people who are not as vulnerable, where they need bodies just to work at places right now to get through the shortage, should they be allowed to hire people even though they're not vaccinated? Maybe it's time. 651-461-9226. Lots of texts coming in, but i love a phone call on this if you think I'm crazy here and just giving up. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm just tired of that. But um, I don't know. I think it's time. 651-461-9226. Your calls and texts next. Your Linda's construction time check, 152. Time to save on infinity for Marvin Windows with 50% off installation labor. Let me be clear here. If I'm in the hospital getting treated for anything and my doctor or nurse comes in and says, uh, you know, if it comes up and it's like, hey, I'm not vaccinated, I'm n- not sure I really want to trust that doctor or nurse who says, uh, who is staunchly against the vaccine. I, I'm not sure that uh, I, I think I'd want a doctor or a nurse who is vaccinated and that doctor who texted in clarifying it to work in most patient care, you already need to prove your vaccination status, which kind of is my point that if you're a, if you're a reputable healthcare system, aren't you really, don't you want your employees to be vaccinated anyway? And aren't the ones who are working, there probably vaccinated. And if, if there are some employees who are not uh, refusing to work there because they're not vaccinated or can't work there because they're not vaccinated, but you need people. Do you find spots for them where they're not dealing with directly with patients, so they're not in more critical areas? I just think we can trust trust our healthcare providers on that. Uh, Adam has called in from Robbinsdale on the city's one plumbing talk and text line. Go ahead, Adam.
4: Hey, how's it going, Adam? So, I was my wife had a procedure done last year at Mayo and had a follow up. Uh, this last month a year later and there is a huge shortage and it's not just nurses though it's the people that move people around in wheelchairs it's people that you know work at the checkouts and stuff like that so maybe we do need to relax that and but when you're filling out your paper form uh, as a patient there should be maybe a box check do you want someone that's vaccinated or, or are you comfortable maybe with someone that's not vaccinated in your presence yeah. during your time here In that way, because again, it's not just nurses, it's everywhere. We had to wait for like an hour for someone just to push her down the hole, you know, because they Mm -hmm. don't have enough people um, down there. So that's, you know, the fact that they're not vaccinated to me blows my mind, but it's maybe time to ease the the issue of the shortage by doing that, as much as I hate to do it, but it's maybe a necessity.
1: Thank you, Adam. Uh, Adam uh, from Robbinsdale on the phone call. And that was my point in starting to talk about this is just that it's not to say that, well, the vex, you know, vaccine mandates, aren't the way to go. It's time to live. I'm just, to me, this is one of those points where if we really examine the people who are not vaccinated by and large, will they ever, what will convince them to do that? The fact that they're missing out on a career in healthcare, maybe but at this point do you think that really matters at this point might have mattered 2 years ago or a year ago but not now i mean aren't we at a place possibly that we can say yeah we don't need it if we, if, we, if if there are areas of healthcare that need workers especially areas where you know you can be a healthcare worker and not directly deal with patients all the time i mean it's it's Kind of foolish to think that we're only talking about doctors and nurses who are dealing on a daily basis with patients, and the vast majority of those folks are vaccinated already. So, again, I don't. I, are they going to suddenly decide? Yeah, I'm. I'm going to get. I'm
4: going to get vaccinated here. I'm not sure.
1: Eric is on the phone. Eric's called in. Go ahead, Eric.
4: Yeah. Hi. Your previous caller just called in. What he's describing is every business in America that's there's not enough people to work it's yeah. not just a factor of right uh, not being vaccinated so i mean you're probably still not going to have enough people even if you allow what he just said to to happen if you you know start letting unvaccinated people work you're still not going to have it's still going to be short correct
1: yep eric thanks for the call that's another great point too you is bet. like just maybe there's <laughs> that it's not the vax that's it's not the vaccine mandate that is stopping healthcare workers from um Being hired and filling spots, it's just that we've got a worker shortage in all um, walks of employment. Uh, We'll take a break here. CBS News on the way. Don't forget the uh, new gambling bill introduced today. Senator Matt Klein, who is the Senate author of the new gambling, sports gambling bill, will join us at 2:35. We've got a little uh, fun and frivolity coming up uh, next on CCO.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy